This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here with Chris Valente. Chris, hello, my friend. Hello, Rob. How are things? Things are good. We had a, a very productive work week, you and I, one last week and one today. So we've been doing more business together that's not front office features related and actually generating revenue for our said industry. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I also say, I'll say part of that, we went out for drinks uh, the last time. It was like literally the day after we record these things. Uh, sales guys have it the best, right? We can just go out. <laughs> And we go to a restaurant, have a few drinks. We had, uh, well, we have steak. We had lobster. We had nachos. We had chicken. And we all had a great conversation, hung out. We were there for, what, two hours? How much business did we actually talk of those two uh, hours? 20 minutes. If that. If that. Well, it's good when you go out with a client who is not shy about ordering that off the menu because you have to kind of just roll with the punches. Whatever they want, they get. And... He's like, I'll have uh, two of the lobsters, two of the steaks, some nachos, a round of drinks, another round of drinks, and another round of drinks. You're like, all right. <laughs> make the Valenti guy pay. Yeah, there you go. Make me pay. <laughs> um, I get no business, but I'll pay. So that's the way, that's the world but, that I've been living in for the last year. So, no, it was good. It was it was my first business meeting uh, in, since quarantine. It was, yeah, it was only my second. And the other one happened like earlier that week. It was uh, kind of fun to go, kind of fun to go do. Like, it was, people, oh my goodness, people. I love people. It was. And then, of course, while we're sitting there at the restaurant, someone was carried out in a, in a, on a stretcher to the ambulance, which is not <laughs> what you want to see during a pandemic. It was hot, right? It was hot. It was really hot. But, uh, yeah, not not good for business when people are being wheeled out on stretchers into ambulances. Sorry, it was 2.30 in the afternoon. No one's <laughs> which, yeah, it was. Um, but, no, it was great. It was, it, was, it was a semblance of normalcy. To get back to seeing people face to face, I was the first time I've seen you in four and a half months face to face. Right, we haven't seen each other. We've only seen each other through Skype and talking every week. But yep, uh, it was it was great. It was wonderful. I had a good time. And we hopefully got some things accomplished for Worcester Fingers for the Woo on that, on that side. Some nesting uh, stuff. We'll see. We'll figure it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We've had we a couple do. Of, of deals uh, that we've been working through. So just so we understand, our listeners understand. Chris and I work for two different things, right? So, like, I work for the Pawtucket slash Worcester Red Sox, which is an entity. Chris works for Fenway Sports Management, and part of our deal is Fenway, FSM, sells for us. And with my role with the team, I help with those deals, and we work through them together, right? Not only just you, but all your other colleagues uh, at FSM. And we do these things together. And it's a lot of fun, and we get to do – so we work together, though our 
you know, our, our things are separate. Does that make sense? It, it does. So I think for people to understand it, when we come up with a conversation that's revolving around your property, you're the subject matter expert and you're the one that can say yes or no, we have just helping facilitate to make that conversation happen. Right. Right. That is uh, uh, the best. That's a great way to put it. That's right. I'm just, uh, I've never been called an expert before and I think I feel uncomfortable <laughs> with that term. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> but I am, uh, I try like hell. How about that? We are, first of all, before we keep going, we are four minutes in and we haven't said happy birthday to your wife and to your daughter. So we should probably check that off the list before we forget to do that for the rest we of the should. podcast. Well, I, uh, I did post on my, uh, Instagram and, uh, I said, did say happy birthday, which is one of the things you got to check off, but it is my wife's, uh, my wife's birthday and my daughter's fourth birthday. They have the same birthday. Um, the second most expensive day next to Christmas. I can even imagine sometimes maybe if it, when she's 16 might be even worse, might be the most expensive well, I, day. I, look, one day at a time, <laughs> one year at a time. We went with the uh, training wheels bike as the gift today, which was a big hit. Um, so uh, that's, that's what my son got for his fourth birthday a couple seems months like ago. Seems like a pretty standard fourth birthday gift. Yeah, yeah. And then those things aren't cheap. No, no, no. They're, they're, and they grow out of them in like a year. They're like, oh, it's good for a year or two, and then they get bigger, and you're gonna. I'm like, wait, what a minute. What the hell racket is the kids are? Kids are so expensive, folks. If you're 20s out there. Kids are expensive. Wait a little while yeah. to have them. But my my son was born on my my mother in law's birthday. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's it's uh, not the one same. One less day I've got to remember, right? You so you like, will always yeah you will always remember. Their, July eighth well, is a July eighth is a big day in the Crane household. Big, big day. day, big day. We had a big day today too, though. We were um, putting. We've been working on this deal for two years. Uh yeah, two years. Uh, and I think this is, this could be a good segment of dissecting the world that we live in on the sponsorship side. Cause we really never dive into it too much. We talk about like some wins, but we never really go through the process of how tenuous, tedious, frustrating highs, lows, wins, losses. It is an emotional roller coaster ride <laughs> with a lot of stops along the way, typically. Uh, so this one particularly could be a case study. I think everything that could have possibly happened along the way did. We've had retirements. We've had leadership changes. We've had budget changes. The inventory changed. <laughs> inventory changed. The first original presentation included a building that no longer exists. Um, it included a pandemic. With that said, they they had agreed to do the deal twice quasi backed out twice and then we're back to a contract as of today after our conversation so we are not saying yeah, this is done, done. <laughs> this is far from done but it just goes to show how many steps that we are not in a transactional business it's very different than ticket sales you have to grind out every deal and things like my main contact, the reason we were having this conversation with this organization was my main contact from years ago, who I did a massive deal with with our organization previously, was willing to have us sit down and talk about them becoming a significant founding partner of Worcester. She retires in the middle of our conversation, our biggest advocate. 
The president knows us. He sits down with us, advocates for us, but there's a new CMO, right? The new CMO, they're not going to step on that person's toes, let that person do what they need to do to carve out their own niche. We have done a lot of massaging, maneuvering, political movement inside our own organization, with their organization to get back to today. It's sponsorship is not for the faint of heart because as, as anyone can attest, deals done are not done until they're signed. And sometimes even if they are signed, they're still not done. So we still have a long way to go until that sign is up in the ballpark and the check clears. Don't spend the commission check until the check clears is what we always tell people. Right. The One of the things that if I was a, you know, uh, the, our listeners, our audience, and you're like, man, I wish I was in, I, I want to be in those meetings, right? I just want to learn what's going on. I think if you're in our on our phone calls in the boardroom when we are allowed to be in boardrooms, I think one of the things that goes a long way in really any deal, I'm not patting ourselves on the back. I think this is for any, I think any partnership salesperson would tell you this, is you listen 10 times more than you actually speak, right? Is they tell you stuff on what they want in a partnership they, that they want, that they're trying to accomplish with their business. And you are, liter- you are listening, digesting that information, and turning that back out into an idea that involves the inventory that you sell, right? We're a minor league baseball team. We sell signs and hospitality and tickets and community partnerships. You know, if it was a TV station, they sell TV ads and, you know, pregame shows and that kind of stuff. It's taking what they're telling you and then re- and then putting it out to them as with your inventory and how those coincide. So if they were to say, what does a meeting like that look like? What does it feel like? In all honesty, I've got a book, um, a, a journal that I just write down constantly on what they're saying. And then trying to then take that information, slide in what we can do at the ballpark, and get it out to them in a way that they say, wow, that's cool. We need to be able to do that. That part right there, the the transition from listening then to providing, is corporate partnership sales. 100%. Because the, the people that fail at corporate partnerships are the ones that go into a meeting with an agenda to sell them something specific right. before they even know what the other person is looking for. And then I've seen countless times where people sit in a meeting, like your point, listen to what that person says and then puts together a proposal that fits their agenda, not the partner's agenda. And that's, you're dead in the water. If you're, and this is funny, my old boss that used to say, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? Shut up that and listen. That was on uh, Pat O'Connor, Pat O'Connor's uh, interview. Same, same thing, old school guy, like give you two ears, one mouth for listen, shut up and listen. So if you ask poignant questions and you get to the root of every marketing person's problem, they'll most likely give you the answers to the test. It's your job, like you just said, to go back and formulate a marketing plan, leveraging the assets you have at your disposal to create a fun program around sports. So with minor league baseball and knowing that this client that we were working with is so into the social aspect of not social media but social community giving back and and, and social justice it's like putting on a silver platter for a minor league baseball team to come back and say this is all the stuff we're going to do together in the community 
to to put a, a spotlight on what we're doing as partners versus like I have to sell this last right field sign. I need to move this sign. This is what we need you to buy. Here's what it costs. Yeah. Like you're dead I in the water. Like that, they don't want that. Like you, I've been in so many meetings where people have been like, "Don't give me signs." And I've seen the, the sales of the person be like, "We should we should put two signs." And I'm like, "They said specifically, I don't want signage." What were you listening to? Yeah, and I think too that goes into if you were to take what we were just telling you the inner workings of a deal, right? Um, and then you translate it into your career aspirations, right? You're trying to sell anyway. When you go on these informational interviews that we've talked about at nauseum, right? Listen, listen. Yes. Then do kind of something similar because you're trying to make a sale, right? You're selling yourself to these people. What are they trying to get out of in good people? What are they trying to get in? Uh, what what do they value in employees, right? So take what they say, use your experience, use your knowledge, use what you are good at on what they told you, regurgitate that back in something that you have done a good job with, and you're hitting on something that they value because you bring value. That is the way to take an informational interview and make it, uh, or even really a real interview, and how to then sell yourself with what they say. Does that make sense? Yeah, because they'll tell you, most people will be like, this is what we look for in an employee. This is what we want. It's your job then to regurgitate back exactly that, but showcasing how you are that person. So if someone says, we're really looking for someone who's willing to roll up their sleeves and get in the trenches with us because that's what we have to do here because we have a small staff, you should be able to say back to them, well, when I was at XYZ company, I did this. When I was at volunteering for my school, I did that. When I was working on this project, I did this. And come back with those exact answers to showcase why you fit that mold. If you have a completely separate answer than what they're looking for and have no examples, you're not that person for that job. Right. Plain and simple. Yeah. So I, I think, though, as we kind of take you as a fly on the wall, it's like I'd love to be able to sh- you know, really take people into the – uh, into the room and say, you know, this is what happens, right? Um, but I think the one of the topics or one of the main points is listen, 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 listen. I don't care if you're in sales. I don't care if you're in marketing. I don't care if you're in operations. You got to be able to listen uh, twice as much as you talk because they'll give you the answers. And uh, I think that's important. Well, I think it goes back to, I mean, if we go through the process, our first meeting with them wasn't presenting. It was going in and talking and listening. And there's that is the biggest mistake other people make is they go in and they start just word vomiting everywhere about what they have to offer, what they could buy, overloading these people with information before they even ask them one simple question about their business, what their marketing objectives are, and what, what challenges they face. Then, instead of having to spew your whole entire portfolio on them you can navigate the conversation to things that you know will make sense like for me specifically i have 12 different properties i can throw at somebody and make their head spin right but if i start asking them questions before i even do that i might not bring up half of them because i know they don't make any sense based on what that person just told me right so i guess in short it's nice to go through what a deal looks like but at the end of the day listen listen so speaking of listening 
Mm-hmm. I listened to your wonderful interview with Christy Landy. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. The New York football it was all, Giants. It was all Christy. Nothing to do with me. I agree with that statement. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, and the one thing, and I wanted to talk talk through this with you. You guys talked a lot about how the phrase "I just" when you're in a, when you're interview informational interview, you're talking to a sports professional. That the phrase "I just want to get my foot in the door," how that is a death nail in your conversation. It'll end it. People say, "Get out of my office." Not maybe not verbally, but they're <laughs> mentally saying no. So, but I went. I was listening, and I went, oh, "Damn it, Chris!" Like. When I was 22 or 23, I definitely said that. And I think when people say, uh, I just want to get my foot in the door, all they're really saying is, I want to start my sports business career. But the words, I just want to get my foot in the door, sounds like a plea, like, please give this to me, right? There's no value there. So it's not about getting your foot in the door door it's about how that it's not about starting your sports business career i get that but it's how you say that do you understand there's a different way to say it but saying the same thing that you're trying to that won't turn off the interviewer yeah i get it i get it in your mind where it sounds good it goes along the same lines as i'll do anything right i'll do anything i just want to get my foot in the door when you say those words, and then I, you and I before, it's the word just, I just want to get my foot in the door. You're sitting in front of a hiring manager who's looking to fill a position, specific position. It's not a a job with the POSOX, just like a general job. It's a ticket sales job or a PR job or a communications job, that specific job. When you tell that person, I just want to get my foot in the door. The first thing I think of, and I'm sure you do too, is they don't really want the job that they're that I'm sitting here interviewing for. They want to start working here and then they want to move on to somewhere else. Whether that's true or not, I'm telling you that is the immediate connotation that you set off by saying those words. I just want to get my foot in the door makes me think you don't want the job you're actually applying for. Okay, then how do you show eagerness? Right? And I say, I just want to get my foot in the door. For me, I'm saying like, I just want to get started, right? I'm a... I'm a hungry puppy. Let me eat, right? But how do you show eagerness, but with different words? What so words? Here, here, here's the thing. I will, I will put a caveat with this. If you just want to say the words, I just want to get my foot in the door, but continue it and follow it up with, in this department, because I want to be a sales rock star or a PR rock. Like you have to keep that comp. You have to keep going with that because if you just say, I just want to get my foot in the door in the ticket sales department because I know I'm going to come here. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to put numbers on the board. I'm going to move up the ranks to become a group sales manager and eventually take your job one day. That's my goal versus I just want to get my foot in the door. Where the hell am I supposed to do with that? I don't know what the hell that means. Right. So it's what's next, right? Exactly. I think, I think it's the, you want to be eager, right? You want to be able to say like, I'm ready to go. Like I just want my that's, opportunity. That sounds, that sounds much better than just get, the foot in the door is foot in the mouth. Just I, I, I don't. I, I actually just think it's so negative in all of our minds. It's not worth saying. The eagerness. I want to get started. I'm ready to run through a wall. I know I'm going to crush it. Like my passion for this industry. I know I belong here. I'm going to succeed in this role that you're hiring me for. 
Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Not like, I just want to get my foot in the door. Like, it just seems like I don't really know what I'm applying for, but I know I really want, I kind of want to be here. Just get those words out of your mouth. I mean, you heard the senior premium sales director of the New York Giants tell you, you're dead in the water. So like, and we kind of say the same thing. It's not just a th- you and I thing. It's an industry thing. Those words, they're really hard to come back from. Right. I, I understand what you're saying. And though I'm glad that we've, uh, grown this a little bit of like, okay, well, that's not what to say. Here's what to say, right? Is you still want to be able to show your passion, your eagerness. You want to be able to grow, show the value that you can bring. Um, you, if you're able to still continue to do that, it'd be great. It'd be great. Just use different words. Yeah, no, I think, look, if when you're presenting yourself as an entry-level person or the the second level job that you're going for, yeah. And you don't have this massive resume and you haven't been in the business 17, 20 years, whatever. And you have to, you have to find a way to show that you're the right person for the job. This is where we go back to like, do something, right? Get involved, have something to actually do tell something. that story, get that story ready to go for this moment in your life that you've worked your ass off and went into probably massive amounts of debt for. So like, don't blow it by saying stupid things with just get your foot in the door, go back to what you've done say, I, me volunteering at the Cape Cod League, me sweeping up at the basketball games at my college showed me what I liked and what I don't like about this industry. But I know now that I've done enough and I've done enough experience that this is the role for me. And I know if I come here with and you give me this opportunity, you won't be disappointed. Like show confidence, passion and expertise. Boom, you're in the door. Instead of saying, I just want to get my foot in the door. Your whole ass is in the door now. <laughs> We're going to be out the door, I should say. Um, so I think there's a, so let's put this in real life a little bit. Okay. Today is July 8th. Again, we talked about it. Big day for the crane household. Big day. Big day. It was also a day, it was either what, today or yesterday, that Vayner Sports said they were starting a baseball division. That's, uh, you know, uh, Gary V and, uh, and AJ, Yep. Uh, that, you know, Titans, Titans in the business world, not only in, in, in sports, Titans, right? So my ears pick up, perk up because it's baseball right now. Obviously, I have a great affinity for uh, for uh, the uh, business of baseball. So they start this. You see it, right? Starting to start your career. You see that. Bang. I say, oh, my goodness. Are you going to write? What are you going to write? What are you going to do? What are you going to video to be able well, to get your, what are you going to be able to do to get started? Right? So it's, you're not, you're, you can't write a letter. Are you going to write an email that says, dear Gary V, I'd like to get my foot in the door. No, I mean, look, <laughs> if you want to get Gary's attention, talk about getting the answers to the test. The guy's open. He's a pretty open book. Like his social media and the he's videos got a he's put out there. Too, that's he's got, basically he, he tells you exactly what he wants in an employee, what he what he says and what makes him tick. If you can't compile enough information on what might get Gary's attention, then you're not doing your homework because it's literally the guy posts every other hour, he puts a video up, he has plenty of sayings. You got to get creative and show like he's definitely a guy who is not about someone who sits on the sidelines. He is he he kind of has that same attitude like do something, right? Like you sit around like he's, I know him always preaching. Like people just say they want to get rich. Well, that's not a goal. That shouldn't be your goal. Like that's not how this works. Like I want to build a company to sell it. That's not, that's a stupid goal. 
what do you what are you passionate about and what do you want to do and that's going to make you happy the money will eventually come because you love it and you're good at it get gary's attention get aj's attention go for the top that's how you're going to get in the door it's the same thing as getting in the sale like if you start at the lowest level person you might get their attention but they can't really do anything for you you need the ceo right right like do your homework on gary and aj and be go through social media email for him might not be the thing he lo- he responds to twitter all the time like get He's somehow respond- get- aj's responded to our twitter right so like there's a way in that door if you just be persistent without being annoying but keep speaking gary v's language which is pretty out there it's, he's got books not yeah. hard to find yeah he's got a uh the podcast is the gary v audio experience that i was just trying to look up uh that i subscribe to he's giant on youtube and have, video have so you ever seen I'm, him speak i've never uh on youtube i've seen it a couple times yeah i was at the uh msg partner symposium when i was at DraftKings, which was at Foxwoods, Foxwoods, um, where they bring all the partners of Madison Square Garden in for a weekend of just fun. And they had a guest speaker was Gary V. He was, he's not for everybody. I'll say that. He swears. It's unbelievable. He's he's a drunken sailor, which doesn't affect me at all. I I could care less about that. But so Chase, Chase is MSG's biggest partner, right? They, They pretty much are the naming rights of Madison Square Garden without being the naming rights. They have the the walkway. Every event is presented by Chase. Both teams, every event. So the heads of like the Chase is there. He tells them to their face, they're wasting their money on their digital advertising. He's like, I get these little stupid banner ads on the bottom of stuff that says Chase. Like, who the hell clicks on? You guys should fire your marketing partner. I'm sitting there going, oh my God, this is the biggest <laughs> sponsor of MSG. And, and then after the Chase people were like, you know, you're right. Like, it's, that is stupid. Like, what are we doing? And I was like, oh, but he was, he was electric. He was a no holds bar. He definitely has the smartest man in the room mentality, which can't argue. And his his goal has been very very clear of one day to own the New York Jets. He loves the Jets. Loves the Jets. He wants to buy the Jets. Right. Um, so I would go and like I would listen. I would watch. I would consume everything. And what you've consumed. Listen to what he says. Take that information. If you want to get my attention, do this. Yep. Not hard. Post the YouTube video. You know, get him on Twitter. Get He's very active on LinkedIn. He actually has, like, ways that you can text him. Yes. And he'll respond. He built an empire off of YouTube reviewing wines. Right. I believe. A big wine guy. And then he started selling wine. And then he's but big into. He was, like, the first person selling wine online. Yeah, then he got into... His dad had, like, a liquor store. Yeah, he and he just grew it, and he's a, he's a Russian, like, Russian immigrant family. Like, great story, American dream. There's plenty of ways to get Gary's attention by using Gary's methods. And, look, here's the other thing about, I would imagine, VaynerMedia. And this goes back to, we talked about the other thing with Christy, and we've talked about with you and I, is culture. I would assume Gary and VaynerMedia is not for everybody. Yeah, just, right, you got to make and sure that you're comfortable in that situation. If you watch Gary and you watch his videos or listen to his podcast and you don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling, probably not the place you should work. Yeah, right, right, right. You've got because he owns the place. That's the culture. <laughs> Think about it. You work with your colleagues more than you see. Well, maybe, but not in COVID. But 
more than you see your family, right? You yep. got to be damn sure that you want to work there and that culture is the right fit. And he's the culture. So if he's you don't like Gary, don't work in Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, baseball department because it's but not going to be for you. But if you do, then go all in. Go yes. all in on what you're trying to uh, accomplish. And going back to maybe the first thing we may have ever said on a podcast, what's the worst that can happen? You don't get the job. Fine, you're sitting, you're on to the next thing, right? But at yep. least you tried. But also, it, it may not pay off this instance, but you never know where it might pay off or if you even get the conversation with Gary or build your network. It's worth going for it. Again, do something. If you're sitting on the sidelines right now and you're looking for that role and there's now a whole new department in a massive company opening and you want to be at the ground floor, go for it. Like you said, if you don't get it, on to the next one. It wasn't meant to be. Right. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So I think you could be able to take a lot of these different things that we're talking about and implement them. You can implement them tomorrow when the opportunity strikes, like we've talked about. It is COVID. I will say this. The, people are still willing to talk. I think baseball folks, major league guys, are probably a bit more difficult to get to right now. But minor league guys, they'll talk to you. I'll talk to you, right? Um, and I think, you know, as you get into, you know, the NBA and NFL, I think those people are going to talk to you too, right? MLS. Yes, it, it, if you're if you're a pod, if you're this podcast listener though, and you still if you haven't started the networking <laughs> over the last three and a half four months of this COVID, again, hit stop, delete the podcast. You've we've lost you as a listener, <laughs> and you've wasted your time. But right. if you've been doing the networking and things haven't worked out from a job perspective, don't get frustrated. Like, just keep going, move forward. It'll eventually happen. But it'll only happen if you stay true to your path. And if you start veering off it and you start getting lazy, that's when the people that aren't getting lazy are going to blow right by you. So just you got to stick with it. And it's going to be it's going to be as hard as this industry is to get into. Typically, it's going to be even harder because there's like we talked about, there's going to be so much talent out there looking for roles. You got to make sure you're doing the extra work and putting in the extra time to separate yourself from the pack. You just have to. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, we're in that unique time. I'd also figure out, too, if I was... Maybe this is because I'm freaking old. Um, you know, I don't know, video, right? right? Being able to make some sort of highlight reel, if you will, of your sports profession uh, and who you are uh, and what you've been able to do. No one sends those to me. I'm telling you, if someone says, Rob... I want to join your team, and here's my highlight reel. I would one thousand percent click on it. Of course, you're just curiosity would get you. Of course, and no one does that. And I'm thinking, like, I got my Gary V hat on right now. It's like, how am I going to get into Gary V? If you created a highlight video of the, you know, the sales that you've made, the deals that you've closed, or the, you know, the social media content you, you've created, or the operations. Um, or whatever that you're trying to do, the community, the relations program that you put together. Damn it. Like, that would be sick. I wish now I want someone to do that. You're going to make your own. <laughs> you want someone to make right. a highlight video for Rob. 
I'm not sure what what highlights would be on there, but uh, maybe some great Battle Creek stories. Got a few. You got a few. I'm just going on his website now, just like looking around. By the way, my wife and I had a Battle Creek. Uh, uh, I I made a Battle Creek joke the other day because it's like now I am in like a third bedroom and I call it my office. I'm literally my work office from home is a TV tray with my computer on it. And uh, as I sit on an old chair, it's very uncomfortable. I said, Aim, this is just like Battle Creek. I said, just like Battle one Creek. One of the bedrooms is an office. Uh, and basically, we had TV trays as desks. So this is reliving. Though there are no feral cat fights, um, it feels like we're vi- uh, revisiting uh, Battle Creek a little bit. Well, there's a second child coming, so there'll be fights eventually again. Um, right, just- that'll be coming. Not for a while. You got to probably two years before those actually kick in. My, my, my kids don't fight yet, but they, they're more quarreling than ever before. And she's not quite two yet, but she has more of a personality now. So now my four-year-old has to get used to it. His sister not just being there. She she has an opinion on what to watch and what to play with. So <laughs> that's fun. That's fun. Well, I know oh, we could. We go can ahead. go. We're gonna keep going, but I do. I want to give you. Speaking of my son, a compliment. So, your son loves me for some he, reason. He freaking loves you. It's my audience. I don't remember if I told this story. My my brain is fried from 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 coronavirus. Quite frankly, I'm becoming dumber. I think by the hour because I don't use my brain I as much as I used to. You become dumber because you have been talking with me more often. Well, that could be that could be maybe bring me down a level. But you know what? I have a blast doing it. So I'm dumb dumb is dumb is naive and dumb. Sometimes that's <laughs> less stress. My wife was playing the podcast of me doing an interview. Yeah. And he made her like turn off. He's like, where's Rob? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, Rob's funny. I want to listen to Rob. I'm like, that's what she tells me. That's my guy. That's my guy. He saw, he saw the logo the other day. Cause it was, and he goes, oh, there's your podcast, daddy. I'm like, all right, the logo. There we go. It was, on got, ti- it was in Times Square. It was on a video. It was. We, we put it right up there. Big, big, big media. Speaking of which, we can't announce it tonight, but we do have... A big thing. Big... Two. Two. Two big two. things. Yeah. Big things. Big, big things. things. Big things happening with front office features. Um, which This is crazy to me. Right? The, we there's, are... One is very crazy. One makes no sense. No sense. Man, I was just trying to start something, and we did this the first episode in your basement, man, and it's... I don't know. It's kind of fun. I, I went back and I went back. I told you I went back and listened to some of the early ones. Yeah, you they're did. they're much better now. They're much better. So if you got through those, congratulations. We Imagine are. What a year will look like. I know. I we got to do. We got to figure out the year anniversary episode. But um, you have a you have a wife to go hang out with because it is her birthday. I do. I I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble tonight. Um, not that I would. Well, but, she's uh, pregnant. And her birthday, you probably should hit stop on this yeah, as soon we, as possible. We, we, I'm sure there's a few things that we can push off for a week. But uh, anyway. Um, Big announcements coming from Foreign Office Features in the next week. Stay tuned. Yeah, can't, stay tuned. All right, bud. I'll talk to you later. Later. Later.